Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and social skills demystified. And with us in our virtual studio is the Carolyn McGuire. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, Take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Jan, introduce us to our guest. Caroline McGuire is a personal coach for children with ADHD and their families. Her revolutionary coaching program teaches executive functioning skills to children, teenagers, and young adults. She's a permanent columnist on social skills in Chad's Attention Magazine and a favored contributor to U.S. News & World Report, as well as Attitude and WebMD, and other national publications. She's also a speaker at worldwide venues. She's the founder and director of the Fundamentals of ADHD Coaching for Families, a coach training curriculum at ADD Coach Academy, which is accredited by the International Coach Federation. After several years as a highly respected social skills clinician at the Hallowell Center Boston Metro West, she formed her own private practice. She's the author of Why Will No One Play With Me? The Play Better Plan to Help Children of All Ages Make Friends and Thrive. She's also a former host of Attention Talk Radio, and you can find Caroline on the web at carolinemaguireauthor.com. So, Jeff, we're very happy to have Caroline with us again. Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's been a long time. 
Everybody, we've had. I know. Caroline's been. She's been. She's been a guest, a co-host, and a guest uh, host since I've been gone. So she's got a lot of ties with uh, ATR going way back. And um, she wrote her book, "Why Will Nobody Play with Me?" So she's been out there in the world, spreading the word on that, and getting keynote addresses and doing speaking engagements. So we're really thrilled to kind of have her back. And our topic today is social skills demystified. And uh, you certainly know a lot about this because you spend a lot of time. So in doing this, I want to, let's just begin. What, what are social skills? <clears throat> so I define it as any ability to connect with people and to have the kind of um, behaviors where you're able to make friends, connect with coworkers, be part of a team, um, and join something new. And the reason I say that is that, um, a lot of people with ADHD struggle with social skills. I've struggled myself. And, um, but then parents will say to me, well, he or she has a, a group of friends. Or, you know, in this one job, per, people say, I can, I'm okay. But then do you want to be stuck in that job? What if your friends move away? Which, which happens. A lot of my clients call me because we were okay until everybody moved or we shifted into a, you know, big high school and people made new friends. So mm -hmm. I want you to have the ability to connect. And I think given the workplace today, I look forward and I want kids to be able to be part of a team because being part of a team and having behaviors where you can reach out, fit in, self-advocate is essential for high school, college, and beyond. Um. I've got so many questions. So you talk about social skills as a skill. I've got to believe that some people are born and they're just more innate and some have struggle with it a little bit more. Am, am I misrepresenting that? No, you're absolutely right. Um, we know from studies on the brain that people, some people have um, – it's not even just born with it. They have the ability to read the room and to respond and adapt, and they have mm -hmm. um, emotional intelligence. But here's the problem. There are ADHD people, and I would say that I resemble this remark, who know, you know, what we should be doing, right? I hate the mm -hmm. word should, but, but we can't necessarily produce those behaviors because of our weak executive function. So mm -hmm. we may be born knowing I should stop talking, but <laughs> we don't necessarily have those abilities. So mm -hmm. I think it's different with us, right? I think in the, in the neurotypical population, we could say people, some people are born with these skills and other people have to develop them. Um, with ADHD people, I think some people are, then our weak executive function gets in the way. And then I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of ADHD people who don't necessarily read the room for various brain-based yep. reasons, and I mean, I get emails every day, Jeff, from parents saying, um, and adults, I, I, I'm so lonely, and so yep. my goal is to help people learn those skills so that we can stop feeling that way. Yeah, so I, 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 everybody just, you know, Caroline works a lot with parents and kids. I work in the adult world a little bit more. We're still talking about social skills, so you see a little bit of difference in some of the things that I'm doing in her. But I think I really want you to pay attention to some of hers because we have kids that are kind of coming through, which leads to my next question. My sense of, of social skills um, in, the, in, the, in the U.S. has degraded over a period of time because of the digital communications of kids coming through the system. Is that unfounded, or do you see some of that? 
No, that's not unfounded. We know that a couple things have happened. One, the pandemic. I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. even even the neurotypical population is reporting that because of the pandemic, their social skills are weaker. So we for sure know that. And then I think there are ways to use electronics, and you really taught me this, Jeff, where if a kid is really interested in video games, we can use that to connect with them so that they will build the trust and intimacy and be mm-hmm. willing to talk about these hard things, right? Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't just say, oh, I ban them. And you really are the one who taught me that because you had more experience as a father and stuff than I did back 10, 15 years ago with this. But I mm-hmm. think the digital the, the digital problem is when you are online you are in a very narcissistic state you are also there are different unspoken rules and if you ha- find it hard in a crowd to talk to people you're not building that skill so mm-hmm. you know online also i just just did a bunch of research about this for for a tedx that i'm giving When we communicate as human beings, and this makes sense, we learn from other people through our gestures, not just body Mm -hmm. language, gestures, right? You're at a party and you want your kid to stop doing something and you not only glare at them, maybe you give them a little hand motion. You want your spouse to leave the party, you Mm -hmm. wave at them like, hey, door, right? Yep, yep. When we are on Zoom, one reason... ADHD people have been writing me the whole pandemic. Zoom is so hard for me. It is Mm -hmm. facial expressions. It's body language. It's also gestures because we don't Mm -hmm. gesture on Zoom. And part of how we figure people out is gesturing. So online is degrading our skills, and it's also making it harder for those of us trying to read people to read people. So I want to kind of share my take on this a little bit because I think it's, we need to make a distinction here. One, and, and again, I, I'm going to say this is what I think, and I'm going to ask you to comment, is that like one is just basic social skills. And for me, um, I've moved a lot. I've lived a lot of places. I've traveled a lot. I've had a lot of experiences. And when I get into a room, the fir- when I meet somebody, the first thing I – where are you from? Oh, Really? You're from Texas, where? Houston, really? Where about? I used to live in Deer Park back when my dad worked on the space program. I'm always like, almost like interviewing them to find out something that we have of interest that's in common. And then when I find that, I've got something to talk about. Like, oh, you, uh, yeah, you're a basketball fan. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, Bobby Knight. You know Bobby Knight? Well, I was at the game where he threw the chair. No, like, I, I find those kind of bonds. And see, the other people, when they walk into a room, I think they're a little bit more timid. They're a little bit more self-conscious, maybe a little bit more judgmental, maybe a little bit more introverted. And so there's just the helping those people get the skills to go in and learn how to interact in the world. I think that that's one part. The other part of this is I'm starting to struggle with because I've always said 70% of communication is nonverbal. It's the tone, the, the, the voice inflections. It's the mannerisms. You can read people. And all that stuff is stripped away. And as we're going more digital, I'm finding more people having trouble with social skills because they can't really read what's going on because they're interacting with it digitally. And I've literally, particularly a lot of millennials, it's like you can't have a conversation until you text and schedule it. I mean, it's so formal. It's kind of difficult. So, again, I feel like there's, this, there's just basic social skills. And some people, you know, it's a little bit easier for me than it is for others. But then there's this whole new world where all this stuff is being stripped away and making it more difficult. You want to comment on that? Is, is, is anything to add? Is, am I missing something? No. Well, so um, on the texting front, 
So one of the things that, because um, we can never forget our inattentive friends, that mm-hmm. uh, inattentives, my experience, struggle with, and, and this was really bad during the pandemic. I had so many, um, and as you know, I yeah, I focus on kids, but I, I do a lot more adults now because they need, mm. they need help. Yep. <laughs> um, a lot of people were, were saying to me, you know, as an inattentive, time kind of goes by, and I forget about reaching out to people. And now, exactly like you said, I need to text someone. I need to, you know, schedule being with them, and, and we forget. So I think that's absolutely true. And the other piece is when we're in person – we have a greater chance of reading those gestures. Now, I would argue that we could come up with a set of, you know, 10 ways to function on Zoom better, and maybe I will do that, um, because it seems to be here to stay. Um, And some of it might be that we we have to say, I'm struggling to read you right now which way are we going with this, right? Because that's really what I hear people saying. They're they're struggling to say, should I open my mouth and say something? Mm-hmm. Or like even has this topic reached resolution? Did we just decide to, you know, start this project or did we mm-hmm. decide not to? And mm-hmm. I think some of that is, um, like you said, tuning into those nonverbal mannerisms, mm-hmm. but they're not as existent on Zoom. People put yes. their cameras off, you know. So I yep. think it, it is really hard. And my thing, too, for parents is don't wait. If you think yes. your child is struggling, don't wait and see. Don't see how this school year is going to go. It, we have to teach them the skills. It's not their fault but they aren't coming to it naturally. And so yes. the longer we wait, the, the worse it gets. Yep. Tell you what, I want to hold this and, and we'll go to a break and come back and continue this conversation. Um, everybody, we've been kind of talking about this, like what is social skills in this realm? We're going to start turning to a little bit more, more detailed stuff that we've learned. Um, and going to break, our secret word tonight is skills. And um, for those listening, particularly if you're a parent or a younger person, you've got to go check out um, – Caroline's book, Why Will Nobody Play With Me? Um, you can find out, you can get that and find out more information on her, at her website at carolynmcguireauthor.com. Again, carolynmcguireauthor.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Carol McGuire, demystifying social skills, talking about it, um, the, the idea of getting help, which we're going to talk about, and then the changing world and its impact on this. And uh, before I forget, there's two things I wanted to kind of throw out there. One is 
in my world, I'm starting to struggle a little bit with um, social interaction on Zoom myself. However, there's a demarcation. For like Carolyn, who I've known for eight or ten years, and I got to know her in person, if I'm on a Zoom call with her, there's some familiarity that I have with her and, and easier to pick up on stuff, and I don't nearly have the difficulty. I remember years ago, you know, once you establish a, a relationship, you can maintain it at like 25, 20% effort or even interaction just because you've got that established thing. And, and I am making that distinction for, to be helpful for some people. I'm okay with people that I've known for a really long time where I interacted with them. New people that I'm interacting with, them, I'm starting to feel this problem myself, and I typically don't have issues with this. The other thing that I really want to bring is everybody knows I'm big into executive function and Dr. Barkley's model, and I think we're going to start getting into a lot of stuff here is one is self-awareness and emotional self-regulation. <clears throat> when you're misreading something, you've got some concerns. We tend to have a reflexive reaction to judge on something like that, and we become very kind of cocooned in our world. And so it takes a little bit of emotional regulation and a little bit of self-awareness in order to do some of this stuff, which is all executive functioning, and goes back to you a little bit, hey, I'm struggling to read you right now to ask those questions. So anyway, just teeing that up, um, Kellen, you're doing a lot of working with kids and trying to improve their social skills. Tell us a little about your work specifically. How do you identify kids that have the trouble, and how do you kind of work with them? Well, so I identify them because their parents come to me. Um, mm -hmm. But I also do a ton of work with schools now that isn't really out there because sometimes the schools don't want it to be out there. Um, and part of what I'm helping the schools see is, you know, you don't have to um, – be in a situation where you have, for instance, autism to really need social help. When the kids come to me, um, there's a myriad of issues, but my sort of big thing is I'm really all about how. So the, the why will no one play with me, the reason that it's, it's years, and Jeff, you were there in a front row seat, is that it's really written for parents and it's very user-friendly. And it's written in layman's terms because I want you to know what professionals know. So when mm -hmm. I work with kids, it's very interactive. If they don't know how to add to a conversation, we're practicing conversation, we're playing Jenga, and every time we put a piece on, they have to add to that Jenga pile. Um, mm -hmm. we've been, I've been doing a ton of ping pong, which is rough because I'm really terrible. Um, but – when you go back and forth in ping pong, it's like a reciprocal conversation. So just think about it. Every time you hit, you add to the conversation. That's how a conversation is supposed to be. So I try to do things that make it fun because even if they're 20, they're kids. And yep. I try to do things that really allow them to practice. Um, a lot of times for ADHD kids, they're not getting services at school, and there's really not a lot of places for them to turn. So I've mm -hmm. trained, I think, 150 coaches now who are in my methodology. Um, so it's not just me. There's lots of us out there doing this work. So the, the, I, I like how you emphasize the how. And I always like to make this demarcation is if you've listened to this show, you've heard me say this a million times. I read a couple books on guitar how to play it, and I picked it up, and can you believe I couldn't play it? I mean, I wasted my money, right? 
So, but the how part is, you, I had to put my fingers on the strings like in a D chord and get it wrong, get it wrong, get it right. I actually had to practice in order to develop the skill in order to kind of play that. And I think a lot of times, ADD people read a lot of stuff on the internet, but they don't realize it's the how, it's the implementation. And Caroline has a lot of exercises that she does so that people can go out there and kind of practice the skill of putting their hand metaphorically on the chord on the guitar and trying to do it so that they get proficient at it. And so, again, I really want to emphasize that because it's a lot of that people just think the how part just kind of comes because you read the book. Any, any, any thoughts on that? I mean, that is the emphasis, Yeah, right? I, I'm, yeah it's really all about the practicing. So, you know, the, the hard part about being ADHD is maybe you do master um, telling a tight story and not monologuing um, in the safety of my office. But then you mm-hmm. go to a party or you go to an event and you try to do it and there's kinks. So we come back and we work mm-hmm. on strategies to cope with your nerves or your self-regulation or the fact that you, you know, had a bad day and you were cranky. And then we try again. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people with ADHD have this story that it's easier for everyone else. And that's just not true because there's hundreds of books written about communication. Um mm-hmm. It's this myth we have, and so we get angry and upset and shameful over the how and having to Mm -hmm. practice and having to learn it, when honestly everyone works on this. It's just it's different for us because um, we have self-regulation issues and attention issues and fun executive function issues. Yep. So, one, you have to have the self-awareness to be able to read and see the, the social clues that the other person's doing, and you have to have the self-awareness to manage yourself. So as I described, if, a, if you're in an interesting conversation with somebody and a thought comes to mind, oh, my God, this is a really, really good thought, but you haven't thought it out yet, you're, it's in your working memory. And, hey, this is really, really good. If you were to hold it in your working memory and pay attention to the other person, you would probably forget that thought. So there's this excitement in the self-regulation just to blurt out on top of that type of person. So a little bit of the self-awareness of, of, hey, this is what's kind of going on me, and the self-awareness that this is not appropriate. And then for me, problem-solving in that situation, because sometimes you might say, listen, i got a thought. Can I get it out? Other times you need to let it go. Sometimes you say, listen, there's, there's a myriad of different types of things, but I really just want to share the – there's the self-regulation, the ADD side of it, and then the social side of it. And now we begin to see how this is really complex for some just from a processing perspective. Make sense? Yeah, and I also think people have such self-consciousness out of taking a beat to pause and and to see what's going on or to process a little more slowly. And what I've proven with thousands of people is that if you take that it's one beat, two beats to process the conversation, let's say you have a slower processing speed, Mm -hmm. or to read the body signals before you respond, no one notices but we are so self-conscious of it that we're sure people will notice and therefore we keep rushing in and making the mistakes when honestly if we if we gave it two beats we would just be better off because we would be allowing ourselves that time um and so some of it is just allowing ourselves that time and realizing that no one is going to notice I want to go to a break and come back and talk about emotions and projecting that back on yourself. Uh, before we do that, I do want to offer is that I think 
like I've heard Caroline go out with kids and, and they go out for an activity called being a social spy where you're, you're there with your kid or something and you're watching other people and you're seeing their interactions and you're trying to begin to learn how to read their emotions and what's going on. Am I misrepresenting that? Caroline? No, it's it's uh, watching people with intention, yeah. and um, it's actually the subject of my TEDx is going to be how to understand yeah. people by being a social spy. So it's it's a great fun activity, and it, everybody can do it. And, and it's a it's a it's a practice. I've worked a lot sometimes with college people and even older people, particularly that are interested in relationships. And the notion of when you see somebody, being able to read them, do they have an open, opening, accepting body position, or is it a kind of a closed body position? And I've worked with people before that they want a relationship, but they're, they they're, they they come across as very defensive. And we just talk about they're not outgoing, but they're so defensive people aren't going to approach them. So we talk about hey changing your posture to make more inviting so that those that are more extroverted would kind of come to you. Um, really just kind of helping people understand what to kind of look for in those clues. And these are the types of things that uh, you can get from a social perspective from an outside party that can kind of help you. Um, I want to go to break. I want to come back. I want to talk about the role emotions play into this because this is a, this can have a lot of juice and, and be really helpful. Our secret word tonight is skills. Again, it's, check out Carolyn at her website, Carolyn McGuireAuthor.com. But more importantly, go buy her book, Why Will Nobody Play With Me? Um, with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with Carolyn McGuire, demystifying uh, social skills and having a conversation about its role with ADHD. And um, before the break, I was talking, I want to come back and kind of talk about emotions. And I got a few things that I kind of want to share, and I'd like to get your perspective on it, Carolyn, and what you do. I find a lot in coaching adults sometimes that I'm having to deal with uh, self-awareness and emotional self-regulation and try to untangle them. And I've literally coached people before that said, I don't, you're struggling trying to learn something about something on the internet. Why don't you go to the store? And I've actually had people say, well, I don't want to look stupid. And I've said, well, you know, there's salespeople in the store. Yeah. Well, what's their job? They're there to answer your questions. And it's been interesting to me because they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's, what the, that's, that's the reason they have salespeople is you go in, you ask the questions so that you get an education of it. And it's interesting to me. I've coached literally people in their late 20s and early 30s. This is like a new day. It dawned on them. They didn't realize this. Or I've coached students like, why don't you go in and have a conversation with the professor? Well, I don't want to look stupid. 
or I don't know what questions to ask. Well, first of all, sometimes you can go with questions, but if you don't conceptually understand it, you go in and say, can you help me get my head around this? In other words, you walk in and say, I need an education on this. Then I can ask you the questions. And making that distinction sometimes is they just feel a lot of anxiety and they just, they're projecting, I'm going to look stupid, and they never actually approach these people, which goes into the whole rejection things. I put some people, that they're projecting so much judgment back on themselves, they're convinced that they're rejected and they've never even spoken to anybody. And I'm finding more and more a lot of emotional self-regulation is, is coming into play that's inhibiting people to go out and doing some things that really, if you, if you step out of your head, is obvious, but people are not getting – do you see that in kids, or, or what are your thoughts around that? Well, I absolutely think that hits the nail on the head. A lot of times people have a story, and, and they, they decide that, for instance, I'm going to look stupid or, you know, nobody, nobody wanted me. And, you know, well, but have you texted or spoken to anyone in the past month? No. So did they leave you out or did they just never see you? And do they maybe have a story that you don't want to go? Um, and so that story of our rejection sensitivity, the assumption, um, a lot of times the people that I work with are telling me they've been rejected. And when they tell me the actual story, you know, no one has said, I don't want to play with you, right? People mm -hmm. say it happens all the time, but, that's not what's happened. What's happened is they have assumed that no one wants to play with them and they're because someone didn't text them, but they haven't been in communication with anyone. They haven't talked to anyone. And so it's, it's a story that they make up in their head and then the emotional regulation issues take over. Yep. And so they, they're really struggling with this story and um, it's painful and it's real. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's completely there. Um, and that emotional regulation piece is huge. All of a sudden, you brought up where the rubber hits the road here because there's that projection that kind of goes on. And I'm seeing how it plays out in the practical world. Sometimes you're texting with people. And, you know, I've been in some situations where I've had some time. I'm da -da 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 -da. And then all of a sudden I've got to go into an appointment and I just stop, right? Right. I've, I've come out before like, well, wait a second, that problem thought like that person might have misinterpreted what I'm doing because we were going back and forth and I got called into something. And I went and all of a sudden it feels like I ghosted them, but no, life just kind of got in the way. And I've had that before where I was doing like, wait a second, what the hell happened with that? And it leaves you kind of wondering. And what's interesting is it's for me when it's happening for everybody, I'm pretty comfortable with social skills is it kind of leaves you wondering a little bit, there's a little bit of a doubt. It takes a little bit of oomph to tr like, okay, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, maybe they get, just got taken away for something. And again, this is a higher level of consciousness, which makes this a little bit more complicated in the digital world, which is why more and more sometimes you just need somebody to help you with those social skills. Thoughts on that? I think you more and more need to have someone to help you and reflect on it, right? And mm -hmm. help you witness, um, which is what we do in coaching and ask you, well, was was what else could it be? What are the other possibilities? Is it possible that you know this person didn't reject you, but they really just got busy? What do you know about this? Well, mm -hmm. I don't know anything. I've just decided. Well, mm. let's look at that. And so I think people need help. I also think that um, I've been doing something with a group 
called Choose Love about three moments of connection a day. There's really strong evidence, um, and Barbara Fredrickson is really the one who pioneered this, that if you have three interactions a day, um, and maybe it's five, maybe it's three, whatever fills your bucket, um, live, and that is saying hi to a clerk at a store. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be a huge deal. It helps mm-hmm. you, gives you oxytocin and makes you actually trust other human beings more. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, thinking about feelings of isolation, we have to take steps to help with that feeling yep. because otherwise we, we languish in that feeling. Yes. yes. So we could go on for a really long time, but I need to kind of pull this together. Um, my perspective is, is that society has been evolving and changing, and it's evolving and changing at an accelerated rate. And, you know, there was no really such thing as a life coach until 1982 when Thomas Leonard kind of came around and kind of founded life coaching. And to me, the, back when we didn't have the complicated complexities of life, people made more observations in a bigger world. Now our attention is people are competing for attention left and right. Some people, their world is like the foot in front of their cell phone, and that's all they can see. They're not noticing things around them. And so life coaching came about as a need to kind of help people regain paying attention to the right things in life and, and kind of getting on straight, like life balance and that type of stuff. I'm sensing that the world is changing right now, and we're in this another evolution where, like, Carolyn McGuire's are leading the charge in teaching social skills to kids because, because we're becoming detached from some of those things, from those interactions. You actually need some support and some skills in order to develop that because the world is evolving and changing. Again, I'm not so sure I'm right. It's just what I've observed at a higher level and that more and more I'm hearing the need for social skills and social needs, even in the world, not just with ADHD, but particularly with people with ADHD. Thoughts on that, Carolyn? Yeah, I think it's very true. And I think that um, Dr. Russell Barkley came out and basically said, um, you know, pretty recently that um, emotional regulation is such an issue for us. Our parents, if our parents are ADHD, didn't necessarily model it. And I think, um, you know, the pandemic didn't help. And so mm-hmm. I do think we have a need um, for these um, social skills and, and in some cases to find support. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, it, it, there's no shame in that because we need support with many things. And having that body double or that, that foil is just, it's a partner in crime. It's somebody to yep. help you out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody if you look back, social skill is – we've demystified a lot of it. Some people – it becomes more natural. Some people struggle with it. You have the whole online world that's coming in that's making it – we're losing the nonverbal communication. It's more detached. It's harder to read the situation. Um, emotions start to play in this a little bit more, so this is somewhat complicated. I hope that, that we've demystified a little bit. And if you're struggling, there's help and there's hope. And there's a reason for that struggle. It's not you as an individual. It's just the dynamics of the world are changing and reach out uh, to get some help. And what better place if you're a parent or kid to reach out to Carolyn McGuire. Her website is uh, carolynmcguireauthor.com. Her book, Why Will Nobody Play With Me? And before we close it out, any last insights? Um, I would just say uh, 
if you are struggling to reach your kid and connect with your kid and they will not talk about this topic, which is often the case because there's some shame involved, um, the first half of my book really deals with how to reconnect with your kid. I also, if you go to author Caroline M on Instagram, I am doing tons of little videos about connecting with your kid um, and sort of daily help. Awesome. And what's the Instagram? Um, um, at author Caroline M. All right. You have that, everybody. So, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Everybody, hope you've enjoyed this show. I've learned a lot. Remember, our secret word tonight is skills. It's Carolyn McGuire. Her website, McGuire, excuse me, CarolineMcGuireAuthor.com. Her book, Why Will Nobody Play With Me? Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.